Are you trying to squeeze the starting solid food stuff into your already busy schedule? Well, I have an all-in-one done-for-you solution that's going to take the guesswork out of feeding your baby. My online program is called Baby Led Weaning with Katie Ferraro. It contains all of my baby led weaning training videos, the original 100 First Foods content library, plus a 100-day meal plan with recipes like the exact sequence of which foods to feed in which order. So if you want to stop trying to piece all this feeding stuff together on your own, I would be honored if you would join me inside of the program. You can get signed up at babyledweaning.co slash program. Hi, friends. Are you looking for a new podcast? Maybe something you can share with your littles? Something that has some storytelling in it? Well, then look no further. We have Storytime with Philip and Mommy, where my son and I sit and discuss all the great books that you might love while we read them. So, Little Golden Books, Berenstain Bears, and even the new classics like Bluey. We sit down, we read, we discuss, and we have so much fun doing it. Come and join us. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Hope to see you guys at the Baby Led Weaning Summit. There's never been an online event like this in the past. It's totally free, and I hope that you'll join me to help make it a success. BLWSummit.com to grab your spot today. Hey there, I'm Katie Ferraro, registered dietitian, college nutrition professor, and mom of seven specializing in baby led weaning. Here on the Baby Led Weaning Made Easy podcast, I help you strip out all of the noise and nonsense about feeding, leaving you with the confidence and knowledge you need to give your baby a safe start to solid foods using baby led weaning. Well, hey guys, Katie here, and I am super excited to tell you about my Baby Led Weaning Summit. This is the biggest Baby Led Weaning event that has ever happened, and I want you to be a part of it. Here's what's going on. I've gathered 17 leading feeding experts from around the world who are going to be joining me in this free online event called the Baby Led Weaning Summit. The summit is going to take place from October 18th until the 23rd. And it's six jam-packed days of baby-led weaning trainings, events, exclusive offers, giveaways. Basically, it's just an online baby-led weaning party, but we're going to be sharing infant feeding best practices. So registration for the Baby-Led Weaning Summit is going on right now. It's totally free to attend, and you can sign up at blwsummit.com. I'm putting the summit on to showcase the wide array of work that my fellow feeding expert colleagues are doing around the world and so that we can all learn the latest research and up-to-date guidance for giving our babies a safe start to solid foods with baby led weaning. I know when you guys are trying to figure out baby led weaning that it can be confusing and parents are way too often getting conflicting, outdated, and even dangerous information about starting solid foods from non-credentialed, unreliable sources. So I'm putting the Baby Led Weaning Summit together where I've invited 17 credentialed feeding experts to share their knowledge and expertise to help ease the transition to solid foods for you and your baby. And my only request is that if each of you who are listening right now could please tell two friends about the Baby Led Weaning Summit, that would mean the world to me. Hope to see you guys at the Baby Led Weaning Summit. There's never been an online event like this in the past. It's totally free, and I hope that you'll join me to help make it a success. BLWSummit.com to grab your spot today. So for today's episode, I'm bringing on some of the experts who are going to be presenting at my Baby Led Weaning Summit, and they're going to be answering some of your most frequently asked baby led weaning questions. Okay, first up is a question about baby food. If babies don't need to eat baby food, then why are there so many baby food products available for sale? 
I love this question. And I'm so excited that one of our BLW Summit presenters just happens to be Marion Nessel. And she's going to answer that for you. Now, Marion is probably the most esteemed and noteworthy nutrition academic in the United States. She's the author of the Food Politics blog, the Food Politics book. And Marion Nessel is going to be at the Baby Led Weaning Summit to present on the topic of marketing commercial baby food. So let's hear a little bit about Marion's take on baby food marketing. Here's the problem for food manufacturers. You have to understand that if you're a baby food manufacturer, you've got a real problem. There are only a limited number of babies in the United States. There's three or four million born every year, and that's all. And they only need these kinds of foods for a short period of time. Where's your market? And so the manufacturers are doing absolutely everything that they can to extend their market. And one way to extend the market is to convince parents that babies can't eat regular food. They need to eat special foods made for them in packages with cartoons on them or pretty babies on them or something on them that's going to keep them healthy. And none of that is true. It's about marketing. I love that. And side note, I've been obsessed with Marian Nussel's work since she spent a semester at UC Berkeley when I was doing my master's work there. And she is so gracious with her time. And I'm so excited that she's going to be joining us at the Baby Led Weaning Summit. If you are a Marian fan too, and you also happen to be interested in baby feeding, her presentation, not to be missed. Again, the site is blwsummit.com to register so you don't miss her presentation. All right, I've got lots more baby food related questions from you guys. I heard a few parents asking about white rice cereal. So Taryn sent a question. My pediatrician is encouraging us to start with rice cereal and my baby is only four months old. What should I do? Well, the white rice cereal guy to talk to is Dr. Alan Green. He's the pediatrician known for starting the white out movement, which is an undertaking to get pediatricians to stop recommending white rice cereal as a first food. These days, work is in trouble. We've outsourced most of our manufacturing to other countries. And with that, we sent away good jobs and our capability to make things. American Giant is a clothing company that's pushing back against this tide. They make all kinds of high-quality clothing and activewear, like sweatshirts, jeans, dresses, jackets, and so much more, right here in the USA. So when you buy American Giant, you create jobs in towns and cities across the country. And jobs bring pride, purpose. They stitch people together. If all that sounds good to you, Visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com with promo code STAPLE20. Dr. Green will be speaking about the whiteout movement at the Baby Led Weaning Summit. So I want to let him answer a little bit about white rice cereal. When you look at the data, the obesity epidemic starts way before school age. By the time kids are nine months old, about 30% of the kids in the U.S., have excess fat cells and altered metabolisms. So you have to start before that if you're going to make a big impact. And so looking at that, I looked and found that the number one source of solid food calories in American kids for decades when this obesity epidemic was building was ultra-processed white rice cereal. And there was zero good reason for it. We are hardwired. Babies love anything that's sweet right out of the gate. They love anything that's salty right out of the gate. But anything that's bitter they tend to distrust the first several times that they try it. And that makes sense because in nature, bitter things might be toxic. And you wouldn't want them to pick up something off the ground and eat it and taste good right away if it was bitter. 
with things that they get on average six to 10 times once they're started solid foods, it can happen actually before that during breastfeeding and in utero as well. But those are the things that once they have six to 10 times that they're going to then fall in love with because it becomes safe in their brains. And same with anything sour, like most fruits. So most vegetables, most fruits, they're not going to like at the beginning, unless mom had it often during pregnancy or during breastfeeding. Otherwise, it takes six to 10 times. Most American parents will give up a food after two or three times and say, oh, they don't like broccoli. They don't like peas. Let's give up. The one exception to that is processed white flour. They get it again and again and again and again, often for two weeks at a time. Dr. Green is one of my favorites. He's going to be presenting more in-depth on this topic during day three of the summit. So be on the lookout for Dr. Alan Green and his white out movement so you can learn more about some of the pitfalls and drawbacks about white rice cereal because there's better bets for iron foods out there. Now, it's not just doctors that we learn from when it comes to infant feeding. We have some other major experts lined up from different disciplines and we absolutely had to have Marsha Dunn-Klein present at the Baby Led Weaning Summit. Whenever parents ask about how they should interact with their baby at mealtimes and get ready for this transition to solid foods without causing stress and anxiety. Marsha literally wrote the book on pre-feeding skills, and she teaches a ton about managing anxiety around mealtimes with your baby. So I want to share just a little snippet of advice from another Baby Led Weaning Summit presenter, Marsha Dunn-Klein. One of the best things I say to parents is offer it again, offer it in a safe way, try it in a different way, but make sure you're offering that food with the intent that it's an offer, not a demand. Because one of the things that I will tell you, I believe gets so far in the way of good eating for children is that somehow that balance gets disrupted and it feels like a demand to a child. Inadvertently, we didn't mean it as grownups, but it can feel like demand and pressure. And so those of you who know me know I talk about a positive tilt. When a parent offers, and the baby says, yes, that would be terrific. And they reach for that food and they, they come together at the food. That's a positive tilt. But sometimes the parents offer the food and the child is trying to get out of the high chair and feeling pressured and feeling like there's some demand on them that they didn't understand. That's a negative tilt. I am so excited that Marsha will be one of our feeding expert speakers at the Baby Led Weaning Summit. If you're in the feeding therapy world, you're certainly aware of Marsha's iconic body of work. She's going to be presenting on her get permission approach, relation-based support in infant feeding. So head to blwsummit.com and make sure you get registered so you can get this amazing training for free from Marsha Dunn-Klein. All right, let's move on to some food questions because, you know, learning what baby led weaning is or why it's a good idea is one thing, but how to actually do it is another. And so when it comes to cooking foods, we want to do everything possible to help reduce choking risk for our babies at mealtimes, right? And adding sauces is one way that we can add moisture to baby led weaning foods that can reduce choking risk. So another one of our baby led weaning summit presenters is the cookbook author from Ireland. Her name is Aileen Cox Blundell, and she's going to take this question about sauces. Because you're not using salt in your baby's food ever. So I would never put salt into baby food. But what I would do is always make sure you're seasoning with like really nice fresh herbs. Fresh herbs are amazing. And they're also really nutritious as well. So it's a really good way of adding lots of flavor in without adding in lots of salt. I love that. Or a tomato-based sauce. So you could do a tomato-based sauce as well, or like a reduced tomato sauce. The longer you leave the lid off the pan and the steam reduces from your sauce mixture, 
um, evaporates, your sauce will start to thicken up. You can use an unsalted tomato puree, or you can also make a white cheesy sauce as well, which is really nice. It's messy, but like you have to embrace the mess, I think, when it comes to baby led weaning anyway. So you're in this, you have to do it. Like get a, a bib that you can wipe your baby down and don't be worrying about sauce because it's a great way of getting lots of goodness into your kids, I think. If you haven't heard Aileen present before, she is absolutely lovely. She's going to be at the BLW Summit presenting on some simple starter recipe ideas for baby led weaning. All right, what about this question from Rhonda? She's a mom of baby Scout, age six months, and she said, is it okay to put seasoning or spices on BLW foods for my baby? Great questions, and 100% babies do not have to eat bland food. In fact, there are tons of benefits to adding seasoning and spice, and I'm gonna let my feeding friend and colleague, Kanchan Koya, take this one. Kanchan is known on social as Chief Spice Mama. She's the author of the cookbook, Spice, Spice Baby, she has a PhD in molecular biology from Harvard, yet she makes the whole teaching about spice stuff so interesting and so relatable. And she shares a ton about the benefits of why we want to add seasoning for our babies. So here's a little snippet from Kanchan Koya. You know, for a long time, we have been led to believe really for no good scientific reason that babies should be given bland food and we should kind of introduce flavor slowly. And really, she said, you know, this was 2012 when he was born, that at this point, all those assumptions have been debunked. It's really about flavor from day one. It's about exposure and building an adventurous palate, expanding their flavor horizons and recognizing, like you said, that cultures around the world have been doing this for centuries. They're so packed with something we call you know, phytochemicals or phytonutrients, which is just fancy speak for plant-based nutrition. So spices come from the plant kingdom. They are often the dried seeds or root or bark or even leaves of, of plants. And as we know, these plants have compounds, phytochemicals, polyphenols, all these incredible compounds that confer a range of benefits in our bodies. And you know, people often wonder, well, does it really matter because you're only using a sprinkling here and a sprinkling there? And the research shows it does add up. And these phytochemicals are powerful even at small doses. And especially when you're thinking about health maintenance or building health or preventing disease, even small amounts become really, really powerful and beneficial. So definitely obsessed with the health benefits. And when I think of health benefits of spices, the first thing that comes to mind is really inflammation management. All right, if you guys are a little shy about spicing and seasoning your baby's food, you are going to love Conchin's presentation. She's at the Baby Led Weaning Summit and she's gonna be teaching us about how to flavor, season, and spice your baby's food. Uh, we're also gonna be giving away a couple of her books. We're giving away a ton of stuff on this summit. We're gonna have fun in addition to learning about baby led weaning from 17 of the leading feeding experts from around the world. Again, the site is blwsummit.com. Get signed up, get registered. And starting on October 18th, we're gonna be hitting you hard with all of the best baby led weaning training. And again, it's totally free. All right, what about babies who are a little bit on the smaller size? A triplet friend of mine, Lorena, was asking about starting solid foods for her smaller babies. And I get so excited for the multiple moms. And But she said, my babies were born premature and they've always been on the small end. Our pediatrician says to start solid foods early so they can have some catch-up weight but how do I know how early? Okay, I love this question because growth charts can be scary and they can be easily misinterpreted and nobody wants their baby to fall off the growth chart or like not be gaining the right amount of weight for their age and their stage. So whenever I have a growth chart 
or a weight gain question, I always lean on my friend and super smart PhD pediatric dietitian colleague, Rosan Meyer, to help answer. Hey there, I'm Dylan Lewis, one of the hosts of Motley Fool Money. Each weekday on Motley Fool Money, we talk through the business news you need to know and the stories moving stocks on Wall Street. On weekends, we dive into the industry shaping tomorrow and host the experts, authors, and executives that understand them. Tune in for insights, a long-term perspective on investing, and of course, stock ideas, plenty of them. To quote a listener, it pays to listen. Check us out and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. So here's what Rosan has to say about that. Growth filtering and failure to thrive are interchangeable. What you'll see is that within Europe, we use more growth filtering. In the US, it's more failure to thrive. And the reason we've moved away from failure to thrive within Europe, and in particular in the UK, is that failure to thrive implies that there's a failure from a parenting perspective. And we felt that that terminology, failure, is not a positive terminology. So we've really switched away from using uh, failure to thrive to growth filtering, but actually they are interchangeable. Growth filtering or failure to thrive, I always explain to parents, is the journey downwards. Okay, so that means you have your growth charts and your pediatrician or your dietitian is supposed to, as you your child grows, track you on your growth charts. And the crossing downwards in terms of centiles is when you have growth faltering. Catch up growth. In order to understand that, you actually have to understand what is normal growth for that individual child. Okay, so first of all, is that you have normal growth. And normal growth, and I always say this to parents, every child will drop. Over the course of the first two, three years of life, they will have periods where their weight or their length drops. That is actually normal. Although a center line looks very smooth, when you look at the raw data, you will see kind of goes up and down. So if we are saying that catch up, then you need to say, what do you catch up to? So what is normal for that child? Now, a lot of parents say to me, but what is normal for that child? You cannot make an assessment of what is normal based on weight only. You have to take length, and length is done up to two years of age, and then it's height, and head circumference as well. You don't need to do catch-up if you've not got a faltering growth or failure to thrive. If you've come to me and saying, Roseanne, the weight has just dropped slightly, then I would say to you, all we need to do is we monitor you now. Because what I really am concerned about, and I'm sure, Katie, you're aware of, is this pressure on catch up and pushing nutrients. And when the child actually does not need it, metabolically, we know that if a child then becomes overweight it, at an early stage, it actually predisposes them to syndrome X in later life, obesity, diabetes, cardiovascular disease. So my advice to parents is when somebody gives you advice and saying you need to catch up, the question is first going to be, why are you asking me to do this? Show me on the growth chart and tell me where my child needs to be. Because if it's just a centile line drop, then I would say to you, I would rather say, let's monitor and weigh in a month's time, measure in a month's time again, and monitor. Second question is going to be, is it actually appropriate for me to catch up now? Rosanne is going to be presenting on day six of the Baby Led Weaning Summit, and her talk is entitled Catch Up Weight, Baby Led Weaning for Underweight Babies. Again, you can sign up at blwsummit.com, and we're going to be asking all of the parents on that day to bring their baby's growth charts to the training so that we can plot our own babies and learn some of the most common mistakes when it comes to interpreting how your baby is growing 
and then how that affects your feelings about solid foods because a lot of it is tied together and we don't want people feeling like they need to be starting things early when in fact, it's not really safe. So, all right. So we could ask and answer questions all day long, but before we go, I wanna make sure we get an answer in from our keynote speaker at the Baby Led Weaning Summit. That's going to be Jill Rapley. Now, Jill Rapley is the founding philosopher of the Baby Led Weaning Movement. She does not like to be called the inventor of Baby Led Weaning, so I think I already made that mistake, but I try not to say it. But you guys know her. She's the co-author of the original Baby Led Weaning book. She's been on the podcast numerous times, and there's no one else who could even come close to keynoting a Baby Led Weaning Summit like she can because she's a lady who started it all. So Jill is going to be breaking apart some of the most common myths about Baby Led Weaning in her keynote address at the Baby Led Weaning Summit. So I want to let Jill do a little BLW myth busting here to get you guys familiarized with one of her main areas of concern. And that's making sure that baby is really ready to start solid foods and that we wait until the baby is six months of age. That's paramount to success in baby led weaning. So parents ask all the time about the tongue thrust reflex and how do you know if it's gone and what do you look for? And I think Jill's answer is going to surprise a few of you who might be worried about what's also called the extrusion reflex as you're going to analyze your baby's ability to start solid foods. For the typical baby, there is no issue about a tongue thrust at six months. It's gone. It's been and gone. And so there's no need to complicate things with that. The other reason that that one worries me is because we have to test for it, as you say. And how do we do that except by putting food into a baby's mouth? Well, baby led weaning says you don't need to do that. You shouldn't be doing that. So the test itself is at odds. The idea of testing is at odds with baby led weaning. The other thing that accompanies that in the UK anyway is that the baby needs to be able to swallow the food. Otherwise, they're not ready. Not ready for what? There are plenty of babies who are absolutely ready to start handling food, pick it up, munch on it, throw it around, you know, squish it and whatever. They're absolutely ready to do that. And when they're ready to swallow it, they will swallow it. We don't have to test for that before we allow them to play with it. We don't have to test that a child can pass grade four piano exam before we let him play on the keys. You know, it's all around the parents being in control, that, that mindset. And we need to get rid of that. Babies of around four months seem to do better on fruits and vegetables and then gradually work up to including meat and eggs and fish and so on, probably from around about six months. So that the, the legacy that we're left with is that somehow meat and fish and eggs and protein foods shouldn't be introduced until two months after they've started solids, when actually it wasn't anything to do with the timing of starting. It was to do with the age of the baby. At six months, the most likely nutrients babies are going to be short of, if any, are iron and zinc. And those are found most plentifully in proteins of animal origin. So meat, fish, eggs, so on but also in, in lentils and pulses and, and other vegetarian foods. So those should be the ones that we focus on. And anecdotally, I hear often from parents that those are the foods their children seem to gravitate towards in the early weeks of baby led weaning and not particularly the vegetables and certainly not the fruits. All right. Well, we're going to be answering a ton more of your baby led weaning questions at the upcoming baby led weaning summit. Again, it's taking place October 18th to the 23rd of 2021. This is a one-time free event. It's online. You're going to get each day's presentations, the exclusive offers, the advanced trainings. It's all for free, delivered right to your inbox each morning of the summit, but you have to sign up to get the free training. So head to blwsummit.com. And if you're hanging out with friends or you have family members who are just like going crazy over your baby crushing it with baby led weaning, please do me a favor and tell two people 
about the Baby Led Weaning Summit, I would greatly appreciate because your word of mouth recommendations mean everything and you are the best advocates for baby led weaning. Thank you guys so much for listening and hope to see you at the Baby Led Weaning Summit. Bye now. Do you find it hard to sleep at night? Then the Calm Cove podcast can help you sleep deeply all night long. Calm Cove has deeply relaxing meditation music and ambient sounds like ocean waves and crackling fires. All of our episodes are designed to help you relax and to fall asleep fast. Calm Cove is brought to you by the team behind Sleep Cove, the sleep podcast that consists of spoken word hypnosis, meditation and stories. So if you want to listen to a beautiful soundscape tonight, search for Calm Cove on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and see how we're helping millions of people relax and go to sleep every night.